but you are able. As we look into your word, and we see these truths laid out in the text. Open our eyes to the whole wonders of your truth. Our ears, we may hear your truth, our eyes, we may understand. Comprehend the truth of your word, and most importantly, open our hearts. We may receive and beat this your word, which is able to save all souls. Evangelize every center, edify and energize your church. It's all in your glorious name. Speak, Lord. For we, your servants, we are listening. In the mighty, magnificent, majestic, matchless name, that's the Lord every name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All believers stay together. Amen. Amen. If you would take your copy of God's word and turn with us to Psalm 40. Psalm 40, as we continue to look at songs for the pandemic, we end our time together in Psalm 40 this morning. Psalm 40, and I'm going to read this psalm this entirety again, even though we only we will focus in at verse 11 through 17. Psalm 40, if you will stand with us as we read the word of God aloud, wherever you are, out of reverence for. God's word. Psalm 40, I read it from the English Standard Version. The Bible says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the mari lava. And set my feet upon the rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. He does not turn to the crowd, to those who go astray after they lie. You have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more that can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquity have, iniquities have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and dis disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor, who delight in my hurt. 
Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes all of me. You are my help, my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. May be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Chronicles of the Poor and Needy, Part 3. The Chronicles of the Poor and Needy, Part 3. Brothers and sisters, one thing that we have been able to agree upon over these past three weeks is that every human being who lives in a fallen world, tainted by sin, is indeed poor and needy. Regardless of what your social economic status may be, regardless of what you may have accumulated materially, the fact of the matter is, life has a way of reminding us just how poor and needy we really are. That we need the Lord. That we cannot make it by ourselves. That there are certain things that come into our lives that are beyond our control to manipulate. Beyond our control to um, will to play out the way we desire them to. And we find ourselves in a state of neediness. And I love the fact this morning as we've said over the past few weeks, David the king writes this song. Because if a sovereign ruler of a sovereign state can recognize that there are problems that one can face, that power and position or even purse cannot get you out of, that you will find yourself in a place where you have to admit your dependency and your need for divine assistance. If David, the king of Israel, the greatest king of Israel, a man after God's own heart, can confess to these things, then surely we shouldn't have any problem admitting that we are poor and needy. And when you get to the place where you're able to confess that you are poor and needy, then you're in the place so that God can reach down and help you. I want to say to you, my brothers and sisters, until your heart is positioned in a place of humility where you can confess that you need the Lord and that you are in dire straits without the Lord's assistance, then you are not um, in a spiritual posture to receive divine help. But when you humble yourselves and you cry out to God and you confess your need for God, the Bible says that God gives grace to David even says this song, he can reach way down into the muck and the mile, into the mire and clay, and he can pick you up and put your feet on a solid foundation. But it cannot happen until you first acknowledge 
things. He starts out with the spiritual problem. And then he deals with the psychological problem. And then he deals with the physical problem. David first deals with the dark places in his soul before he began to deal with what other folks are doing to him. I just said something, and I think you missed it. So let me park here and say it again. David first deals with the dark places in his soul than the things that people are doing to him. Sometimes in life, when we find ourselves in dark places, the only thing we focus on is what somebody is doing to me. How they doing me wrong. They're, they're not treating me right. And I should have to deal with this. And I should have to deal with that. And all of my enemies are all around me. And all of that can be real when you're in the dark. But before you begin to look around and point the finger at others, you got to first look within and deal with the darkness in your soul. David says, I'm in a dark place. I'm in a dark place, Lord. Because, verse 12, evil is all around me, beyond number. Look what David says next, though. Where is the first place the evil around me starts, David? He says, it's in me. He says, my iniquity has overtaken me. I love this. Because David is saying, it's not a sin that did He says, my iniquity has overtaken me. It wasn't that one thing I did that messed me up and brought me here. It's not that one mistake. It's not that one mishap that brought me to this place of darkness where I'm poor and needed.
be a killer. Because another man be a serial killer. Both of them are wrong. But one could be an act of rage. One could be an act that I just got caught up and did something I should not do. Serial killers are people who kill and don't care who the individual is. They, they don't have to have any idea who the person that they are shooting from a distance. There's nothing that anybody's done anything. They get a kick out of doing it and they have no conscience. James said that I got to the place. I just was a serial seller. My iniquity got me so bad that I was sinning and I was doing it unconsciously and I had no grief in my heart.
to him because I've been praising for his character. So I cry out to see, when you start praising God for what he did, then you can get to the place where when you're in trouble, you don't pray to God because you're saying, well, God did it one time, but I don't know if God will do it again. But if you praise God because of his character, the one thing you know is, no matter where you are in your life, you may change and circumstances change, but God's character will not change. They said, I know something about it. I'm done. He says, I know this, Lord. You won't restrain your mercy from me. Look what the Bible says very quickly. He says, in verse number 9, I did not restrain my lips when I praised you. I did not withhold my lips when I didn't hold back in my praise. And part of the reason why I don't hold back in my praise is because God does not hold back from me. He says, he would not restrain his mercy. He says, it is his steadfast love, his system, his mercy, and his faithfulness that have been preserved in all of his days. It never was me. It never was my goodness. It was his mercy, his love, his faithfulness. At the Bible says in lamentation, it is because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. His compassion still not there every morning. He says, so be pleased, Lord, deliver me. 
what I'm all about. Jesus cares when my heart is hit. It's good to know that I am his own. And when my way gets dark and dreary, he's always there to make it all clear. And I know that Jesus cares Just like he did before. 